This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association. All of our members are under attack by lawmakers who are doing the bidding of a national network of extremists who are trying to control a political narrative and distract Ohio voters from the real issues facing our schools. And in doing so, bills like House Bill 327, that so-called divisive concepts bill, could do real damage to Ohio's students, educators, and public schools, K-12 and higher education alike. Take a listen to what OEA President Scott DeMauro said about it at a recent Honesty for Ohio Education press event at the State House. This issue is deeply personal to me. Uh, I am a high school social studies teacher. I went into education 30 years ago because I wanted to make a difference in the lives of my students. I knew that if we were going to have an effective democracy, then we needed citizens who were well-educated as critical thinkers and problem solvers and decision makers. And that was my motivation to go into the classroom and commit my career to serving students. I always taught my students in my history classes that just as we expect you to learn from your mistakes in order to grow and do better in the future, so we as a nation need to learn from our mistakes, need to understand that all progress in our history was based on struggles that came out of periods of injustice. We all do better when we learn together. So I talked to my colleagues. OEA proudly represents 120,000 educators from across the state of Ohio. And I will tell you, our educators are exhausted coming through two years of this pandemic. The continued COVID pressures, working with students to keep learning going, and they're doing it heroically and address not just their academic needs, but their social and emotional needs as well, comes at a time when they're also facing increased political attacks like this bill. We have a crisis in this country. We don't have enough people who are entering our profession. And sadly, too many are saying that they're thinking seriously about leaving early. This is exactly the wrong bill at the wrong time boils down to this. More intrusive government overreach means more regulation and less freedom. State censorship of speech and ideas means less learning. Micromanagement of schools means less local control. Hostile work environments mean fewer teachers. But in the end, what matters most is that Ohio students will suffer worse than anyone because the truth will be kept from them by adults with cynical political agendas. House Bill 327 must be stopped. Thank you. Royce Carpenter agrees. House Bill 327 must be stopped. And she's been thinking a lot about its threat to higher ed specifically. She's an assistant professor at Columbus State Community College and the program coordinator for the Interpreting Education program, as well as the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion faculty fellow for the college. And she's a senior representative for the Columbus State Education Association. She recently put together a forum to shine the spotlight on this issue. And she sat down with us to share her personal thoughts. Voice Carpenter. 
Thank you so much for sitting down with us and sharing your perspective. When you heard about House Bill 327, what did you think? Well, I was shocked. I felt like we were going back in time when, you know, Black people were not allowed to read or was not allowed to make their own decisions. Um, and not only Black people, Asian Americans, different, different um, ethnic minority groups over time that have um, been silenced in a way. And it's not only silencing ethnic minorities, the majority as well, but that was my initial thought. So from your perspective, with all that you do, what would House Bill 327 mean for you and, and your work? Wow, it would, it would devastate um, education as a whole, but as an educator, and I teach sign language interpreting. So I teach people how to interpret for other people's lives, like anything and everything you and I do uh, as hearing people, deaf people do as well, right? And they have, they go to the doctor's lawyer's office, they, they have family conversations, they have parent-teacher conversations, and every topic that is possible to come up does come up. There's nothing off limits for interpreters, right? We have to interpret everything, no matter if we agree with them, if we don't, if we believe in it, if we don't, that's not our choice. Our, our job is to facilitate communication. So when you try to teach that, you have to teach all aspects. So medical things, um, legal things, you, you talk about things that are in the news, right? So the bill talks about critical race theory, even though I'm not sure everybody who, who wrote the bill knows what that exactly means, but that is something we have to talk about in class. We have to talk about why there are different signing styles for predominant white deaf culture compared to um, Latinx deaf people or black uh, deaf people, African-American people because of um, segregation and how that influenced language, how that linguistically influenced them. So if I can't talk about that, those students, when they go out to be interpreters, won't be prepared to interpret for the communities they serve. And those communities are going to be detrimentally impacted because their words, their ideas, their thoughts won't be interpreted appropriately. That's something I think not just the bill's sponsors don't think about, I think a lot of people don't realize how much these topics intersect with our lives today. Is that something that you would want the lawmakers who are considering this bill to really internalize and understand? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the lawmakers might need my students uh, as interpreters later on down the line for a myriad of things and them being in a hiring entity, hiring an interpreters, I, I'm sure they would want them to interpret the things they wanted to say to their best ability. And when interpreters don't have that chance to think critically in the classroom, you have to have a lot of critical thought to be an interpreter, to change it from one language to another. And sign language is a different um, language. It's a different grammatical structure and everything they will be impacted. The, the legal system, the political system, the landscape will be changed by um, a lack of skill. And this isn't just for your classes. It's the entire higher education landscape could be impacted by this bill. So many people could be afraid to talk about anything. Is that something that you expect could come about if this bill, God forbid, passes? 
Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, I mean, upstairs from where I work in our area, there is the nursing department that has to talk to their students about the different reasons why different demographics have higher levels of um, diabetes or, or different things. So imagine our healthcare system, the impact to our healthcare system from not being able to discuss race, ethnicity, how slavery impacted um, the foods people could have um, access to and how that trickled down even to this day. Um, sociology. So I can't see how there could be a sociology department, right? Psychology, English. There's no, I can't think of any place that would not be impacted around every institution of higher education. And people say, well, places like math won't be, but there there would be because to not be able to talk about who developed this or who developed that and and maybe why, I, it's the impact is that de- would be devastating to education. At the end of the day, the people who lose the most are the students who don't have the opportunity. They don't have the freedom to learn and thrive and become the people we need for our interconnected society in the future. Are you hearing anything from your students about this? Yes, but let, let me say something before I go to what the students are saying. I think it's almost a misnomer that it's only the students because they are going to go out in our work. They will be our caregivers, right, at some point. So it, it's going to impact all of us in a way. And I think people are just saying, okay, it's just this group or it's just that group, but it will it will intersect to every person's lives, even the lawmakers that are doing it. I said that before. And I don't think everybody is understanding the gravity of the reach, the negative reach of the bill. And students, students, yes, students are saying, what about us? Like, what about our, we feel like, uh, especially the students of color, African-American students, uh, Muslim-American students, Asian-American students are saying, so we already didn't get a lot of education about who we are or our ancestors in in school. And now it's going to be down to nil. And so what about us? It, It already felt like in a lot of times that they have to do double the work in higher education or, or even in a K through 12 settings. And now what, what burden are we putting on it, on those students? Because they, they're feeling the burden and they're saying, what can we do? What can we do? And obviously students, some students have started to um, do different protests around the state. And I think that is just going to continue to grow because they want their voices heard too. And I met you at a press conference for Honesty for Ohio Education. That's a coalition that OEA is part of. What are you doing to try to block this bill? And what did you think about that press conference? Well, first of all, I thought the press conference was really great because it it didn't have a singular voice. And I think sometimes there are people that are champions that are out there and sometimes their voices are not heard because people are like, we heard you before. And what Honesty in um, Education did was bring various voices from d- various demographics, from various sectors. And I thought that was good. So it's not just saying, oh, we in higher education or we in K through 12 or or we students or we faculty. It was it was great to hear um, a myriad of voices. We um, as Ohioans. I, that's what I took away. Yes. 
Yes, we as Ohioans, right. We the people. Absolutely. <laughs> we the people. So um, what I'm doing is trying to educate. Um, at my institution, I've done a forum where I brought in several uh, faculty that have expertise in different areas. First of all, to to the first person started off with talking about what critical race theory is and what it isn't, because I think there's so much talk in that's incorrect out there about what that actually means. Well, and, so, and critical race theory has become this like boogeyman term. Oh, that absolutely. Is anything that makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And we know that uncomfortable conversations are absolutely critical conversations to creating the critical thinkers that we need to be. Uh, democracy needs critical thinkers and these conversations. Well, the forum really was amazing because it we talked about uncomfortable things, right? Some of the speakers talked about um, the history in, in education and the history of slavery and how some things tied into it. Uh, we talked about the laws that promulgated up to this point and how they connect. Um, the forum was really diverse in thought, meaning all the speakers did not speak of the same thing, right? We talked about how what critical race theory is. Then someone talked about the history of education and how um, education has not always been an equalizer of sorts and how this would make it worse. Then we had a an attorney uh, talk about the legal ramifications to um, educators, to college systems, um, to society. So the, the forum was really uh, expansive, but in depth about what this bill would do to education, how history and how inequities have systematically um, been in higher education and K through 12 education for years and how this um, would move us back in time instead of moving us forward. And you talked about critical thinkers. Everybody that is a part of this bill we're able to get education to help them become critical thinkers, to help them to design laws and different things like that. So that the forum, we talked about how anything that seems uncomfortable now, we don't want to talk about, which this bill does, which you just said. But what that does is that takes those those young people, those K through 12, those higher education students that takes a part of their education away. So when they go out to do their, their jobs, they may not know how to, if somebody gives you something all the time, right? It, what is that old proverb? Give a man a fish, you can feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish, you can feed them for a lifetime. So we're just giving fish if we're not letting them do critical thought. We need to teach them how to fish, teach them how to think. So when they go out, they can think for themselves, they can help um set up new systems that improve our lives that and take care of those of us who will be elderly at some point and may need assistance. Um, so it, I don't, I, it's so much to talk about, about this bill and what it will negatively impact. But we have an opportunity actually as a people, as Ohioans to come together to say, yes, some things are uncomfortable. Yes, some parts of our history are uncomfortable. Yes. Sometimes we don't want to talk about it. Yes, but we need to 
We need to talk about it. We need to educate one another. We need to learn each other's perspectives. Agreement, we don't have to agree on everything to, to have a conversation. And I think that's what we need to get past. The bill is like, if you don't agree with me or you don't agree with this idea that um, the U.S. was perfect, then, then we can't have a conversation. And that shouldn't be. Conversation is perspective. So let me hear your perspective and let me let you hear my perspective. And then we both can grow and we have double the knowledge because we've had that back and forth with one another. And the way you describe that is exactly the way that, in my mind, higher education institutions should be these conversations, these shared perspectives, this doubling of knowledge in a place that only really the higher education campuses can provide. What does the future look like for you right now in higher education? Well, I'm going to say the future looks bright because of as of today, House Bill 327 has not passed um, and we're going to work towards um, it not passing. And my students are thirsty for knowledge. We have great conversations. We have open conversations in class. They ask me things. I ask them things. We are learning from one another. They're learning about the communities they will serve, uh, the deaf and hearing communities they will serve. So right now, they even want to talk about the House Bill 327, right, in our class. And we talk about that because they will interpret things like that. They will interpret controversies. They will interpret. So right now, I think the future is bright. I am betting on um, our education. I'm betting on our Ohioans to see past um, small-mindedness for growth. The reason I feel that college leaders and K-12 leaders, district leaders are not speaking about it more is, is they're fearful for, for, their, for the school systems. And they're put in a place um, that oftentimes, especially schools that are um, that the governor, we have a Republican governor, when, and I think um, Governor Dewine is a great governor, but he has appointed a lot of Republicans to boards of trustees. And if you're fearful that the school will take a hit financially, then how would you educate students? And so I think that the, um, and this is my, this is just, you know, I'm not an um, administrator. So just thinking about the bill and what the, financial ramifications, education systems are already trying to um, get funding, right? They're already trying to do the best they can with often limited resources. And I think the fear of this bill, and I think that's the point for some people making it um, a fear tactic, has put them in a place um, really that's, I don't know, probably scary for them because you're worried about your institution. Uh, I don't have to think about the financial part. I guess I do this bill because you could it could attack teachers, but I, I, I have a different perspective. And I try, I'm trying to keep an open mind to administrators and college presidents and different leaders that they have to look at it in a different way. And hopefully they will support what we teachers um, are trying to do and know that we will support them in fighting um, to, I don't know, keep them safe in a way, right? If we rally around each other, we can all make it through together. But that's 
just one reason why I think it might be hard for them to talk about it because they're just looking at the money. They're already trying to find money all the time to make sure the education system is is doing what it needs to. So I think that is that's probably the biggest challenge for them. Well, and I think that's really the point of this bill. Uh, among many problems with it, uh, it, it's meant to distract people from the real issues facing our schools, including the refusal to to fully resource them to deliver what our students need to succeed, but also to just cow people into sitting back and sitting on their hands so that they don't rock the boat because they can't afford to stand up against this machine. Right. And hopefully we will have some um, leaders in our educational arena that will be like the young people that sat at the counter right? And said, enough is enough. I'm, I have a seat at the table. If you don't have, have a seat at the table, bring your own chair, as Shirley Chisholm said. We couldn't talk about any of that if this bill passes. Right? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I, I, I mean, I just can't imagine those things, those fights really helped everyone and they inspire us to be the best we can be, regardless of pushback or regardless of it, it, those stories of strength and courage in the face of fear is something I can't imagine not being able to teach my students. Thank you so much for this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I, let's keep talking about it. Now we want to hear from you. Email me at educationmatters at org to share your thoughts on the podcast or your ideas about what you'd like to hear in the future. Or you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. We're at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.